Welcome to Moment Talk. I'm your host, Shiso Moa. On today's guest, we have Bert Lee. Bert Lee is a college speaker, a gravity designer, and a dancer. But first, let's thank our sponsors. Let's jump right back into it. Today's sponsor is Collective Vision Fashion. Do you know how to sew? Or are you a fashion designer? This group is seeking for fashion designers and to competing in winning cash prize. Well, if you do, check them out on Facebook at Collective Vision Fashion. Now on to the show. We are super excited. We have a guest that's been online and giving motivational speeches and just empowerment. Welcome our guest, Bert Lee. Bert, Mr. Bert, what's going on, man? No, uh, thanks for having me on the show. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to be here to talk to you. But, you know, I've just been, been working, been hustling, been finding ways to encourage and inspire my listeners, my viewers, uh, just trying to give them a little bit more motivational quotes and confidence throughout the day. I'm for sure sometimes I need it, and I know if I need it, other people need it as well. Hmm. Now, let's start with that being said. Tell us one thing we do not know about you. Um, that I can do a little bit of magic trick and I can juggle. Aside from me already boasting about like, oh, I'm a dancer and I, I design and I also, but I love magic tricks. Um, Cause I think it's a guy, cause I have a lot of nieces and nephews. So, and they're like eight and 12. And I would just love <laughs> being able to go to parties and be the cool uncle and show off a magic trick. Uh, and then juggling is just a, a nice piece of kind of like, hey, I bet you can't do this, but your uncle can do this. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Is that like card tricks and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm more into um, card tricks. Uh, I also love doing card flourishings where they do like some cool shuffles and some cool cuts. So I'm really into that. Something like a, a soon to become a magician of some sort. Yeah. I, I do want to get better though. Um, but it's just that there's so many. Um, there's only so many uh, availability that I have in my day to kind of learn certain things. Because uh, I don't know about you, but um, there are things where like I kind of set hours, like an hour, I'm gonna do my, a couple of magic tricks, so I don't I don't get rusty. The next hour I will work, and the next couple of hours I will do some things. Can you make dub? Do that too. Yeah. Can you, uh, yeah. uh, I could I could I could set something in the hour, like for example, I can make a dub, and also like an hour later, it's in the oven, and it's ready to eat and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> can right. you uh, can you make Dovins, you know, pop out and rabbit jumps everywhere and stuff like that? No, uh, but you know, I could fold doves. I actually, uh, one of my work projects was to actually fold 2,000 organ doves, and we end up doing that by hand. It was crazy. Two, and what was the purpose of this again? Um, it was to raise awareness for this piece of paper that we were branding for work. Uh, so I work in advertising, so we were doing that and we, were, we collaborated with a, a cafe and the goal was to make a, a drape filled with 2,000 origami doves, and, but then we invited community members to come in to fold it with us. So we accomplished that in three days and then on the fourth day, we it was a beautiful installation. People came, they immersed in it, and they took a lot of pictures. That was pretty great. Looks, looks gorgeous, man. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, where'd you go to school? I went to Concord University, um, the one in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. 
you were um, a, a speaker at that time too, uh, like kind of the end of your college, right? Yeah, I definitely was. Uh, I majored in graphic design, and then uh, towards the end of the school year, uh, a a uh, organization that was part of which part of Concordia, they wanted like me to kind of host um, like how to teach students become better speakers because at that time I was really into body language. I always talked about like posture, it's confidence, how to interact, communicate. So then I just kind of turned that into teaching you how to become an effective speaker on stage uh, through body language. And then that's where I kind of um, started in igniting my speaking career from there. And that's exactly what the topic we're going to talk about today, man. Super, <laughs> yeah. ex super ex excited for that. I mean, how did that emerge like from graphic designer into like a speaker? Mm -hmm. Just a little bit about that backstory. Yeah, um, you know, I, I love design. Uh, I'm an arts person. But one thing that I always feel insecure about was my self image and the way I talk. So growing up, I wasn't really good at English. So I would have like bad stuttering. Um, so I always that was one of my insecurities growing up. So then I will feel shy when I read in front of classes, my face would turn red. And I wanted to get better at speaking English uh, and get rid of my uh, my stuttering and then i practiced more i got more into communications i started reading and then for some reason i delved into the realm of like body language so i, I always love the idea of how do we humans communicate and how do we interact with each other uh, but they're more of like the subtle cues like social gestures our communication style so i was always into that but i just didn't know how to talk about it and that's kind of where like design kind of um, helped me push it that way because in design we also have, we always have to present our products and that's kind of where I started picking the uh, the things I've learned uh, growing up like okay what did I do to become a better speaker what did I do to become less nervous uh, so that's kind of how I got in the realm of of speaking and communication. Let's start with just speaking. Me, how can you get? Uh -huh. How can, how can some people have just has a fear and guess mm -hmm. what kind of fear of that is standing in front of class of let's say yeah. 30 people We're not talking 30,000 30 million we're talking 30 people or three heck three people three people oh, yeah, yeah yeah so um i didn't want to say though speaking in front of three people is way more nerve-wracking than 30 people because three people feels too, very intimate so you're like oh shoot all eyes are on me but 30 people is like, you can disperse the attention. Um, but one thing I love telling um, people who come to my workshops speaking is, I encourage you to speak to them like you speak to your friends. Because people can sniff out when you start talking like a robot, like, oh man, you can tell it, like, oh, that dude sounds fake, or he sounds so robotic. So talk to them like how you would talk to your regular friends, you know, maybe not too much where you can curse and stuff, but to the point where you feel comfortable, because in that way, when you start talking to them like they're your friends, then you can start sounding more authentic and you don't sound robotic. So that's one of my ways to kind of see the audience. Don't get, don't get scared of it. So see them like that, so that way you can sound more authentic. But then as far as stage fright goes, even now I still have butterflies. But uh, I always tell my, yeah, even now I still do. Uh, I feel like if I ever don't, then I'm too comfortable. But um, I always tell them to, you know, when you get on there, you own the stage. Um, and it's okay to be silly up there and mess up 
and uh, look dumb because people resonate with mistakes a lot more than perfection. So if you're too perfect up there, then it's kind of like, wow, that like is too perfect. But if you're real and you mess up and, and, and then you, you're, you don't really care, then people resonate more, which is why we love comedians on stage because they're so, they can be so authentic. So, so approach the stage like that as well. Even a comedian, you, they could mess up and you think that's a joke. Yeah, laugh. Right? They know themselves, obviously, but you just like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but granted, right. they, they do, they messed up. You know, only they know about that. Oh, yeah, because they own it. And when they mess up, they're like, oh, shoot, you know what? Anyways, this is blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, okay, so they, did. they owned it. They breathed it off and they don't uh, stay too long. Man, there's got to be at least one tip of these getting on stage. I'm not going to give the best tip, but my tip is just yeah, imagine everyone. I could just imagine everybody naked. So just. Okay. That's, <laughs> you know, I, I heard of that. I heard of that, but I, I, uh, I've heard of it. I haven't tried it because I feel if I was to do that, I would get too distracted. Because if I say, <laughs> if I imagine everyone naked, it's kind of like, if I imagine somebody naked, I'm going to be like, how do you, how does your body shit? How do you, I'll get too distracted to, to, to start imagining that. Um, and in that moment, yeah, I'll just probably blame. So I, I mean, if that works for you, go ahead. <laughs> Now, with entering, with just first off, confidence—that's a whole nother thing too. But does mm-hmm. confidence and even with body language, does that all matter now? When it comes to speaking, or just yourself? Yourself. Um, yeah, I think I think body language plays a big role when it comes to confidence. You know, um, and. When I, in high school, I didn't have the best confidence. And college, I didn't have the best confidence, too. So what I would do is I would just study, like, people who are confident. Uh, or, like, like, I would study a president, the way they walk. I would study, like, Tony Robbins. I would study, like, dating gurus and, and the way they walk and they talk to people. And body language, the number one thing that I would say is to have your shoulders back a little bit and your chin up slightly, your chest slightly puffed up. So I think... Once you fix your posture, volumes, and your confidence starts to kick in, but that's only external stuff uh, because internally we still have to deal with our mental state, our our own words of affirmations to make sure we're still confident. So, so yeah, I think confidence and body language are, are two terms that you should definitely always think about when you want to grow yourself or even you want to be a speaker in the way you talk to people too. How would how would one even practice? Did you just do it with your friend or how mm-hmm. would you even start with that? Even with confidence and I don't want to confuse confidence with overly ego at the same time too. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes I, when I first started my confidence journey, I mistaken it as being egotistic and full of myself. Cause I didn't really understand what confidence means because you know, it's, it's so vague. Right. But then and as, as the more I did it and then finally I understood that confidence is about how I see the world and how I interpret confidence is how I ask for people's opinion. So how I start is, you know, of course, ask the people closest to you, like ask your family members and your friends, like, hey, tell me some things that you like about me and tell me some things why why I do things in a, a good way. So that way you can take those compliments and build on it. And because you don't know where to start, so you can take those and build on. So that's kind of like asking for words of affirmations to see what you're already doing that you might not know. Uh, and then when it comes to you practicing to the body language side, I would just say, 
you know, sometimes it may be weird, but practice yourself when you walk a little bit in the mirror. Practice the way you use your gestures, your hands, your interactions in front of the mirror. Um, because I do that so that I'm aware of how I talk and I'm aware of uh, my interactions. And just being self-aware kind of also shows that you're confident with yourself. You know that you should do things your way and certain gestures are working. With body language, you mentioned that does matter. So if you're talking to somebody and their hands are crossed, like, mm -hmm. does that give a vibe? Do you, can you tell or should you kind of just say, or you just know? How do you know? Yeah, so when it comes to body, body language, uh, the beauty of it, the reason why I love it, it's because, you know, body language is just not one. When you're reading somebody's body language, it's not just one thing. You have to decode, right? You, you, if your arms are crossed, then I'll have to keep in mind, okay, what's the situation? What's the conversation? Uh, and then, like, is it a happy conversation? You could just be cross your arms because you're relaxed. And I had to take a look at your eyes. Like, are you mad? Are you happy? Uh, so you're still decoding bilingual is you, I look at the arms, I look at the eyes, and then I listen to the conversation. And then I can determine, oh, he's not mad. He's just comfortable. Because um, when, when somebody is posed as an arm crossed and it's just you and him, that means they're really into the conversation. Uh, and one thing that I like to do, too, it's, when you're talking to somebody who has their arms crossed and you feel kind of uncomfortable, uh, what, one thing you can kind of make them break that is to kind of mirror them. What mirroring means is you would cross your arms too and you guys would talk and, and then eventually the other person or when you start laying on your arms, they would do the same thing like that. So when you mirror somebody, you're, all, you're also establishing a rapport there and, and a, a connection. So I think that's a nice way to kind of see and tell and also break that arm barrier if you're not comfortable. Now let's, you know, we're just all over the place with confidence and because there's so much to talk about, you know, body language yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, you know, and, and just getting on stage and just talking to people, just right. building confidence again with, you know, with someone who doesn't have all that. Mm -hmm. And just, just starting off with um, approaching people with confidence and having a talk conversations, how would you go about that if someone's really shy? And again, this is not mm -hmm. about someone who's going to, you know, talk to 3,000 people or three. It's just have confidence to someone who's really shy. And mm -hmm. how, is, how do you build that? You know, I, my back, so I'm an introvert and I don't really um, like talking to like new, new strangers. Um, that's kind of out of my comfort zone, but I would do my very best to go and do it. But if I'm ever in a situation where I'm at a party and I have a couple of friends there, but I am really shy, I don't know what to do. Um, you know, approaching them is the hard part because you're new, you don't really know them. But let's say that you approach them because, you know, you were, you resonate with them in a topic. And let's say you're past that phase already. And the next best thing that I've learned that I, I've failed a lot, uh, but I've gotten better is to just ask a lot of questions. Um, and when you ask a lot of questions to that person, they do see you as somebody who is comfortable and confident. Because confidence comes off in such a, in a different way. Because if you're talking to me, you're, you're just standing there and, and you're asking questions, it means that you're interested, uh, you know, even though you don't have to know the topic, but you're asking the right questions. That also, that also already shows confidence because you're already talking to that person. Um, and to build on confidence, for somebody who's shy and, you know, that, who doesn't have it, it, just, it takes um, repetition of you constantly having to, Put yourself out there, talk to people, 
and, and in that way, you will understand how you talk. You will understand what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So I think the best way to build confidence is kind of like you have to go out in the field and experiment. Uh, you can't just stay in and read books all day about confidence. You actually take it and experiment it yourself. So that's kind of how I would encourage someone who is shy, who doesn't uh, really talk to people. And they can even start that with just their family and their friends too. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, jumping, let's jump a little, a little bit with confidence, with just uh, being you know, a little bit more, even though you're an introvert, a little bit more extrovert. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you have a little more confidence now, a little bit more of everything now. Does all this basic foundation, can this apply to like a salesperson too? Yeah, I think so. Um, because I think if confidence is, it, it's, again, it's a vague word because confidence could be your parents. Confidence could be the way you talk about yourself. Confidence could be the way you perceive uh, things. Uh, and then when, and how you cure yourself, right? So then when it comes to like a salesperson, if they want to make a sales people, I think um, when you approach somebody uh, and you just know how to kind of uh, read a person in the situation and asking right questions to their situ- situations, then I think that comes off as you being confident because you seem to know what you're doing, right? So if you ask a lot of questions like, oh, why are you, like, for example, I'm trying to sell a car, or what are you shopping for? Are you shopping for a black car? Or where are you a college student? Or, or what's the, the amount of money you, you can spend today? So the more questions you ask that are targeted, the more confident you sound as a salesperson. Because for me, buying a car, I'm like, oh, he's asking a lot of good questions that I didn't think about. Like, so he, he knows what he's talking about. But really, you don't. You're just trying to make it clearer for yourself so you can sell that person a car. So that's kind of where confidence comes in as well, is asking targeted questions to, to make things more clear. It sounds like some of this basic fundamentals can you apply that into maybe courting a woman or finding <laughs> finding attractive women at the bar and kind of maybe applying some of the same practice yes or no yeah i think yes yes you can you know um that's kind of kind of bring in uh, body language a little bit and self-confidence um i i think when it comes to courting a woman it, for us men it's a little bit harder because uh you know we have to go a mile to, to approach them. And that's the scary part. It's like we had to, to approach them. Like, how do we even do that? Do we go with a joke? Do we go with a, with a pickup line? Like, what if it fails? But let's say that once you're past that part, this is where body language comes in. And then um, confidence is just out the door now, you know, right? Because you, you already had enough confidence to go up and talk to Now it's just a game. And this is kind of where it gets interesting because uh, you can use body language to your advantage to, to ask the right question, to kind of uh, turn... Um, the questions around and kind of control the conversation. So let's say that you're at a bar, you're both, you know, you're courting her and she's leaning on a, on a counter with her right arm. Uh, again, like I said earlier, you, you, could, you will want to mirror that. So you will lean yourself on a counter as well. So that way you're mimicking her body language. So it shows that you two are connected. So once you see that body language, then you can start using your conversation. And let's say that if you're saying something funny and if she laughs, she flicks her ear. It's kind of like uh, gestures to show comfortability, uh, you know, and then you can start using a little bit more rapport by like doing shoulder touches, arm touches. So, so you can kind of use body language to your, your advantage to kind of like see if certain conversations are working or where it's taking her. Uh, and if she crosses your arm, then you know that it's not going good. I mean, you just kind of have to 
break that mirror or you got to be like, okay, I messed up. Wait, why? So why can't I cross my own arms where she's crossing her own arms? Right, you can't too. You can't too. <laughs> but you gotta have good combat to see why she crossed her arms or not. Uh, but yeah, so so that's where uh, communication comes in, and the way you talk, and then reading a person's bio-language, you kind of oh, okay. I see that she crossed her arms. Okay, I gotta change the subject. Uh, I gotta mirror her. Well, I see that she's laughing a lot. She's touching her hair, flexing the back, trying to show a little bit more of her skin. Uh, which is for for ladies shows a little bit more her beauty side, more of her beauty. So you see you see her doing that a lot, then you you can you know your your conversation is good, keep going. Uh, same thing with men, we tend to pull up our chest a little bit more, and we're more interested in the conversation. So once you understand those small cues, you can be like, okay, it's going well. I can change it up. I can you know, keep keep asking these questions or keep this conversation going. Huh. So it seems like you, have you have you what what are some of your tips that you do? As far as a woman or a guy oh, or man. just what are some of your confidence that you do to to make yourself like pump like okay I think I got this I'm gonna do this rather that's on stage. Man, I used to be so uh, shy, uh, very quiet. Uh, now it's just a matter of me having to be quiet. It's the bigger problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that did build. That did take a lot of uh, building in me to get there, and a lot of practice. And of course, with the rejection. Uh, whether we're implying this for women or we're implying this was trying to get a sale, uh, mm-hmm. still having that rejection, right? But still not taking that to heart and still mm-hmm. just pushing forward uh, to get that sale, but trying mm-hmm. different methods or, and saying with the women I'm trying to ask on a date, uh, mm-hmm. but a different, a different uh, the way I voice myself or what to say. Um, and of course, but with same same thing with me, uh, I used to kind of use the same thing with just in sales or even with courting is joke, just being really funny and being yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Even with sales, because that's the only like the only weapon I've got. It's just a funny joke, or uh, with the women, I make a funny joke. But it did definitely take some practice to really yeah. get there. Yeah, uh, it didn't happen overnight. I mean, I feel like some men are some women or or some men, they just got it in them. You know, yeah, they're just yeah. a really good people person with the the ladies, or just with sales, and they're just they just got them in them. Yeah, just they're mm-hmm. so natural at it. Yeah, you know, and uh, I do agree. Like some men and, and some women or individuals, they they have it in them. They're like natural people person, people born. They understand people, and they can just feel very inviting. Uh, for someone like me, I'm not. So for me, I had to work at it. I had to understand why we talk a certain way why we react a certain like certain phrases we use in an argument certain phrases we use to win people to to um sound like you understand a person in a conversation so all of that you know it, it takes practice and it took me years even now i'm still learning um but practice does make perfect and um one thing that reason why i love communications and you know understanding body language is that if there's anything in life that I know I'm not good at, I know how to be a good conversation, conversationalist and I understand people. Uh, not to the core, but I understand enough to read the situation um, and to kind of understand people. And I feel like people who uh, are able to understand people and have conversations and feel more empathetic or have more empathy, they tend to be um, favored more and more successful because they're doing it for the people and they just feel more welcoming to somebody who doesn't understand social cues or, or, or who doesn't really understand those settings, then they come off as someone who's 
or egotistics or narcissists or you know you don't have any social skills uh, so i think social skills is very important to us because we talk so much as uh as human beings too wow i i'm i'm taking notes man as we uh yeah you know one, one thing earlier you said um you said that you were quiet uh and i i'm also very quiet too and i think people who uh, are quiet use that to your advantage because people love talking about themselves right when, when you're in conversation all you do is listen and they talk to you and they talk and talk and talk and sometimes at the end of the conversation i don't know if it's happened to you but they can go like man i feel like i've known you for like five years but that's because you just listen and you didn't, you didn't talk uh, because they poured their life to you in like three minutes they spark noted it so being quiet is actually a good thing and you take advantage of that it's like I, I would say i'd be the, the last to speak okay because you're yeah. you're listening to everybody in the group to mm-hmm. talk about one particular subject or topic and then yeah. and then you think of all what they say and then you're the last one to think of your own mm-hmm. best opinion on what they're thinking so yeah. uh rather than talking too much how about being a good listener yeah you know being the opposite listener, way right <laughs> yeah being a good listener is hard i think uh being a good listener for me it was a little bit easier because uh, i'm an introvert so i don't talk as much i don't really you know interact with people unless i have to so listening was already part of me growing up i just had to learn how to listen effectively um listening doesn't mean you just uh are quiet and you don't see anything at all but listening means that you you listen and you comprehend what they're saying and then you go back and voice your opinion and, and, and tell people what you think. Uh, but also, effective listening um, is better when you use phrases like this, uh, she said, where you have to kind of reiterate it. Like, for example, if you said something about, like, you're, we're talking about, um, like, again, selling cars, and, you know, you're trying to get this car out, out of the door, blah, 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 and I can go, Oh, okay, okay, so you're saying that you're trying to sell this car. Why are you trying to sell this car? So, like, rearranging the phrases that you said to me, um, like, rephrasing that, just to clarify, lets you know that, oh, Bert is actually listening. He's, he reiterated what I said, just to clarify it. So I think that's one thing that I've learned um, when I talk to friends, families, and coworkers, just kind of repeat what they said, just to make sure it's correct, and that just shows good listening, too. Those small phrases goes a long way. Do you, do you see yourself doing that? Yes, absolutely. Because you listen to the whole conversation, and mm-hmm. then you reiterate exactly what they said to make sure mm-hmm. we're like you know on the same eye to eye here. You know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That on the same page, same eye to eye, and uh, mm-hmm. you're fully understand the conversation because you're just mm-hmm. listening to the conversation uh, rather than spilling everything out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh. With uh, your mission, Robert, is to empower a college student to prepare them and resilience for manifesting their mindset and attitude for success. That's, I saw that on your page, and you know, I wrote that down. I'm like, man, this is targeting someone who is going to college or someone who young, who's young at heart. Because you know, some of these kids are going, I would say a good majority, they don't know what they want. Heck, I'm one of those guys, too. Explain a little more to that. Yeah, I think if you don't know what you want in life, your goals, that's totally fine. I didn't know what I wanted in life and goals, you know, that all changed. But for, for that specific statement, uh, me being a speaker, a motivational college speaker, I, 
I would talk to college students about our inner demons, the things we face and things we go through. Because I for sure went through that myself during college. You know, I only had two siblings who actually went to school and got the degree. And I, and I have a sibling and I have like five other siblings. Um, and they taught me the route, the, the road, like, you know, you're supposed to get scholarships, good grades, financial aid, all these stuff. But no one told me that I was also going to battle my inner demons, like my insecurities. So that was part of the hardest hurdles and challenges I had to go through my, my school year. And that those, because of that, you know, it made me want to quit. It made me lose motivation and ambition and knowing myself. And I want to take what I've learned in my growth in my challenges and I want to share that to students because you know I know how it feels like to stay up at night thinking to yourself am I going to have enough money or thinking to yourself I'm constantly a loser you know how do I stay relevant to friends um I want perfect grades or this project I didn't get a good grade and maybe my parents not gonna like it and it really hurts me. so I know all those insecurities because I've heard stories I've experienced it myself and I want to share that you know at the end of the day it all comes back to you knowing your values because you know your values and that grounds you in all your actions and decisions so that's why you can know okay the reason why i get uh, hurt because i don't get good grades is because i'm like this because i value professional because i value success a lot and then how can you use that to your advantage to get better so that's kind of where i want to help students to manifest their attitude to be like you know what you are a perfectionist own it and find ways to improve that. And if you didn't get something good, then you got to find another way to cope with it. And that comes back to your values of how do you bring yourself back up? It all comes back to our, our core fundamentals. And you given uh, one experience in your challenge and battles in college where you're very depressed and mm-hmm. you know, your grades are bad. Uh, maybe you got in the wrong crowd and just drinking every day. Yeah. So for me, one of my um, most struggling, uh, the year that I struggled the most was my sophomore year in college. Um, you know, every single day I would just go to classes and then I would go home, classes home, classes home. And then eventually I would do that. And then I would also binge like Facebook, YouTube a lot, like all day. I would do that and I would do a little bit of homework. But then I was, I was on my phone binging stuff and I, I get lazy. So I would do that every day. Uh, and then eventually I started losing my ambitions and my goals of what I want to do. And I'm like, man, is this it? Like, is this all new my, my, with my life? Like, I'm just going to school, coming home, eat, homework, sleep, binge Facebook, YouTube. And is this all that I'm doing in college? Like, this kind of sucks. Like, this is boring. But then, but then when I said those words, I, uh, I let it do it in. And I was like, you know what? <clears throat> Why am I feeling like this? Like, I was so eager and excited to be here. But now I'm like, this is it. Like, this is boring. So then I was starting to think that I think my life sucks. You know, my attitude sucks. Because then my, my mom says, you know, I brought you here for you to be successful. So I can't just go and say my life sucks. And then that's why I said, you know what? My life doesn't suck. It's my attitude that sucks. That's kind of where I started turning things around. When did you notice that in that breaking point? Did you know that not only your attitude, but more maybe a mindset that you oh. were conscious of that? When was that? That was like, so in the beginning of my summer year, I was doing that. And that wasn't until like maybe almost two months later, you know, because it doesn't, it didn't come the next day. I, I let it build in. 
I was constantly bored thinking that everything sucks. My life sucks. My life sucks. And then I, I didn't like my mentality. I was not liking the things I was doing. My grades were not doing good. And then eventually I was like, what is wrong with me? You know? Like, why am I feeling this? And then I love writing things down. So then I kind of jot things down a little bit. And then I just realized that, you know, it's my attitude that sucks. I just have to change it up. Um, and then one person who helped me realize that the most was my older sister. You know, I, I even went to her to, to, to stress all my feelings and my emotions. It got so emotional where I started crying a little bit. Like, I think I should just drop out of school because I don't even know what the hell I'm doing in college. Like, like I don't even know if this is going to be my major. I don't, I don't want to have the money for next semester. And then she told me to, you know, write down everything that you're doing right now, like your values, your goals, your ambitions, and then circle all of the things that matters to you the most. And from there, it's easy. You just follow it. Let that ground you for your next year's decisions. Like if you love friends, make more friends. If you value dance, dance more. If you value family, hang out with your family more. Because those are the things that matter to you. So that's when I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do that. So I, was I that the three things you write? Is that the three yeah. things you wrote? You actually always wrote family, dance, and friends. Friends was yeah. the three so, top so, things. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh but there's more to that too, but those are the three most prominent ones that I always name is friends, family, and dancing. I love dancing. And even now, and that was my sophomore year, and I'm done with school now, and I still stick to those values. I I, I keep in touch with my friends, I hang out with my family a lot more than before, and I'm dancing, still dancing. Uh and then now I just added like speaking to it. I've added um uh uh passions so speaking and dancing is part of my passions and so my values grounds me so if if i'm not living up to my values then i need to reevaluate myself or i need to think about like what can i do to meet those expectations for myself wow that was a huge pivotal point the thanks to your sister to have a one-on-one uh chat with you and it really waking you up to really change your perspective to, to hold the trajectory right now of where right. you where you are then where you had and if you haven't had that chat i don't know where you might be mm-hmm. yeah if, if i haven't had that chat i probably would have um dropped out of school and you know having that chat was not easy because growing being grown up in a long household we're not very open our feelings you know? we don't really communicate it out so it the way when i tell the story it sounds like i just went to her and i told her no it it took me like weeks and weeks to finally say you know what i'm gonna talk to my sister i need i need to talk to her. i finally hit it up talked to her i didn't know how she was gonna react you know i didn't know if she was gonna be supportive she was gonna be like grow up or what her reaction was but then it she didn't say me. girl did you she didn't say like girl pair or girl yeah pair. right she did it i she yeah. could have said that but i didn't i was afraid of that um so then i went to her and she Giving the best advice that I needed. Yeah. That definitely changed your whole, your whole direction where you're heading with being right. a motivational speaker, getting your degree mm-hmm. in, as a graphic designer, and then dancing. I mean, do you have like some hidden like TikTok video with dance moves on there so I can learn how to do like Savage Love or maybe the WAP dance and all the funny, all the funny dance yeah. moves and all that? <laughs> you, you know, I actually don't have TikTok. Um, my my niece's my niece, who she's I think right now she's uh, fourteen. She actually has 
I actually asked her to teach me some TikTok dance moves, uh, and she did. <laughs> Who's and, TT who, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, so I actually don't have any TikTok dance moves, but I do have an Instagram, and I do post some of my dance on there once in a while. Uh, but I do want to say that I guess I'm not as cool as my niece because sometimes she <laughs> would do these cool dances. I'm like, I feel so, I feel so old. I feel behind the times, like. What is that movie? What is that? Like, Man, oh. y'all, y'all two should collaborate and like dance together. Yeah. It'll be so yeah. cute. And dude, that's an idea to put on your, your, your Facebook page, you and her, and just doing a, right, a right. dance. It'll be the most adorable thing ever. And but you know, sometimes enjoy it, yeah. when I ask her, she, 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 she has a rebellion. Like, oh, no, nah, I don't want to do a dance with your mom. That's because she doesn't know how cool I am yet as a dancer. <laughs> yeah. So, Hilarious and too cute. Too hilarious mm-hmm. and too cute. Yeah, so Shiso, um, what do you do when you feel lost um, and, and you, know, you need to bring yourself back up to, to be back in the game? Do you write things down or what are some methods you do in the process you take? Oh, man, I'm horrible that I don't write anything down. I see some friends or what they say on motivational speaker or anybody who's very successful. They're like, they'll have like a, a wall or something in the back like, yeah. One, I'm going to make 1 million, right? Or something like that, right? It's like some affirmation, right? So they'll wake up yeah. and they're like, I'm going to be a millionaire, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, do- I'm not dogging that, you know what I'm saying? Which is great because it works for somebody. For me, it's just like, it doesn't work, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's just that they wake up that morning and just like, ah, I just want to go fishing. Even though it says, it says yeah. I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But, but I do have discipline where I would just not binge YouTube or binge you know, or play video game and stream all, but I, I'm so motivated within myself. And I always had that in myself where I'm just so, in the long term, just type black in me. And, and it's just instilled in me where I don't need that. I'm an, I will be a millionaire, the affirmation there. I just mm-hmm. have it in me though, right mm-hmm. here and right here. That mm-hmm. I will be it. But that's just me. Yeah. It's right, just, right. I'm, it's just me. It may not work for everybody because someone do not need an affirmation. Like I see some very successful uh, people that are like, yeah, they write affirmation. I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm going to be a company, you know, so it's, or whatever it is, right? That there. So mm-hmm. that's just me, man. No, I'm that's re- good. I mean, you have a high, a high profile of uh, self affirmation for yourself and internal motivation, which is good. Cause not a lot of people have that. Cause, cause I, I don't, cause when, when that's out, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I need some, I need some help to pick myself back up. But that's good that you have that. Yo, moving on forward, it is wrapping things up, man. A great sick conversation going on. I want to ask you this, Bert. What does it mean to be a Hmong man? <laughs> ah, be a Hmong man. Um, what does it mean? Um, for me, it means to um, and to as in like. You know, even I just have to do a better job because bitch, I'm get down. There's so many things to know. Like there's weddings, there's those, there's funerals, there's the process the way we greet people in in the different languages that we have to say to elders when we're gathering. So for me, being a home man is to understand that and then um, use that in practices that you feel comfortable with. Um, and being a home man is to love and appreciate our culture so that we don't deteriorate it and 
and uh, and speed battled it, you know, because you know we we do know that our Hmong culture can sometimes be a little bit strict and tough, but being Hmong man, take that as we know it and make it in a way and educate others where where it's not as bad as it looked or as bad as it sounds. So it's kind of like um, appreciating our culture and our traditions and go with the practices if that's what you believe. So that's how I interpret it because that's how I see myself being as a moment as I get older. Secondly, Bert, you're in your mid-20s now. Can you give the younger teen, Bert, an advice you'll give to him when he was like 10 years younger? And he wants to be a motivational speaker. He wants to be a dancer. He is who he wants to be. Uh, first, I'll say don't eat too much chocolate because, oh my gosh, I have like so many cavities now because I was a bad <laughs> sweet tooth. <laughs> so I'll say don't eat too much chocolate. Um, but I will tell him to get off the couch, man. Stop being lazy. Be brave. Stop Stop doubting yourself and say that, oh, you'll do it later. you do it later. Like, no, do it now, even if you're not prepared. Be brave. Just do it. Uh, even if it's going against the grain, even if your family says that's not going to give you money, there, there's no purpose. Now. Like, just do it because at the end of the day, who's living your life? You, not your siblings, not your family, but you. So be brave, get off the couch, and make action now. And that's all. I can see why you're an inspirational speaker, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. I think I will say that when I was 15 or 15. Wow. I'll be like, I just want to chill. I just want to. <laughs> that's so awesome but Bert lastly if I want to know about more you or listener wants to know more more about you can you give us a quick pitch where I can find you follow you etc yes you can find me on Facebook uh, at Bert Lee Speaks you know in there I talk about body language social cues the way we communicate and I um, also have an Instagram, uh, lee.bert. And on there, you will see my designs, you see me dancing, you will see me speaking as well. Um, and for another plugin is I do a lot of uh, keynote speaking at college. So I speak for colleges, you know, helping them to kind of get over their fears and their demons so they can stay grounded and, and have more sense of clarity. So they don't have, they don't feel too lost in the process because I didn't have nobody there for me uh, when I needed it at most. And I want my experiences to help those who do feel lost to kind of get a sense of clarity that they're not alone in the industry process. Definitely, definitely. This is extra, man. Okay. okay. Bert, your mom names you Robert. And that didn't come really through uh, as a kid. So she kind of took out the R.O. Uh, mm-hmm. and put Bert. Can you explain why? Yeah, so uh, growing up, my mom and dad had a hard time adapting um, to the American cultures. Uh, but then one thing that they loved the most was watching TV, you know, and my mom loved, well, she didn't love it, but she she watches cops back in the day when that used to be thing. And my uncle actually named me Robert. So my mom said, Oh, okay, we take out But that's where Bert came from. because um, my mom couldn't pronounce the the T, so she just says Bert. So when she says on name, she goes but 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 <laughs> but but she can say Bert, she but she can say the D. 
Uh, so my, my, my siblings call me Birdie, so she calls me Birdie more than Bert, because she's like Birdie. <laughs> yeah. Now That's I my... know. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah. Well, awesome. You've been an awesome, awesome guest. It was definitely enjoyable chatting with you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me out here, man. I'm, uh, I was glad to have uh, able to share my story, and you give me your, tell me your experience and your story as well, too. Well, that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our website at www.momentalk.com or find us on Facebook, Moment Talk. Lastly, if you're listening on, on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play or iTunes, please give us an honest rating. One last thing, we want to give a shout out and DJ Peter for allowing us to use their song and beats. Thank you so much. You can check them out on YouTube.